Hi, I'm Jeremy Hall, and you're listening to the Kingdom Ethics Podcast, a production of Mercy University's Center for Theology and Public Life. It has been a while, friends, and it's good to be back with you. Well, sort of, because uh, we told you we were going on hiatus, and we, we still are on hiatus. And we told you that we had a couple projects that required all of our time and focus, and we still do. But we've decided that we want to share some of that work with you as we go. Um, So this isn't really a third season that we're entering into. It's more like a a season of bonus episodes? A bonus season, maybe? We'll see. We'll see what it becomes. Uh, But here's what it's going to look like. Today, we're going to share with you a, a sermon. This past Sunday, David preached at my church, Townview Baptist, Uh, for our 32nd anniversary celebration. We're going to share the recording of that with you today because it's a really great sermon and very connected to the theme of Christian ethics and some of the the core uh, topics that we've been interested in here. My church, you might have seen us recently on the news, has been uh, recently kicked out of the Southern Baptist denomination because of its welcoming of LGBTQ believers. I'm going to share with you some of that story, what that's been like, what the media attention's been like, how we navigated that, and how we navigated uh, the process of inclusion, and some of the theology behind it as well. David is working on a new book on Job. We're going to share some thoughts on that. David and I have been recording uh, lectures for seminary-level Intro to Christian Ethics. We're going to share some of that content with you. I'm working on a doctoral project on the Bible's trajectory of greater aperture and inclusion in the kingdom of God. I'm going to share some of that work with you. So these are going to be all over the place. This is going to be kind of random, but hopefully really good. Hopefully this is a rich and meaningful collection of podcasts for you. So like I said, not really a season, more like a bunch of bonus episodes. But let us know what you think. These will be shorter than usual most of the time, not today, because it's a full 25-minute sermon. But these will be smaller, dense, packed, uh, little episodes, content-rich, ready to go, and um, we'd love to hear what you think. So as always, reach out. Both David and I are on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, The podcast has a Facebook page. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, all those good places. So leave us a like, leave us a five-star rating. Uh, Feedback like that, comments, that goes so far in helping us reach other people. So, hey, it's good to be back with y'all. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. David will be preaching on the entirety of Acts chapter 10 and the first 18 verses of chapter 11. So don't let anyone ever tell you that us more moderate to progressive Baptists don't like the Bible. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. It's good to be back. This is Kingdom Ethics. Good morning, everybody. How wonderful to be with you today. And in fact, it's just so thrilling uh, to be 
uh, in an in-person church service at all. This is the first time I've preached in person in over a year, I think spoken anywhere in person other than school in over a year, and I'm thrilled to be here. And it is really an honor uh, to be asked to be with you on this specific occasion of the 32nd anniversary of, uh, of the birth of Townview Baptist Church. Uh, I am uh, grateful to your pastor, Jim, for, for the invitation and grateful for the friendship that has developed over these years. I'm also quite proud of my graduate, Jeremy. Where are you hiding, Jeremy? <laughs> Jeremy, who I have known as master's student, who I'm now supervising as a doctor of ministry student, uh, a podcast host, a social media guru, a videographer, and now a highly caffeinated associate pastor <laughs> at this church. Amen. Nobody consumes the quantities of coffee of Jeremy Hall. Ask him about that sometime. It is a frightening amount of coffee. I, in any case, he is who he is, and we love him for it. You know, when this invitation was offered some time ago, I don't think any of us could have any idea that the Sunday of the anniversary would happen not long after Townview Baptist Church of Kennesaw, Georgia, would be making local, national, and international news headlines for the privilege of having gotten kicked out of the Southern Baptist Convention. Why? Because under the leadership of the Holy Spirit in the view of this church, this will be a church and is now a church that welcomes LGBTQ people like all other people on equal terms. But now this has happened and in the old saying, the eyes of the nation and, and the world are on you. It seems like just the right time to reflect biblically with a nice big Bible, turn to Acts chapter 10 and chapter 11 if you have one handy, to reflect biblically on what is going on here. Because really there are two different interpretations of what is going on here. One is that your church and your pastors have strayed from Jesus and the Bible. The other is that your church and your pastors have followed Jesus and have followed the Bible, but in a different way with a different interpretation than the Southern Baptists have proven able to accept. I believe very strongly that the latter is the case. To demonstrate why I believe that, I want us to look at Acts chapter 10 through the first part of Acts chapter 11. It's a long story, but let nobody accuse us of not being biblical this morning. We're going to look at, I think it's 66 verses, as briskly as we possibly can, I promise. It's quite a story, but I believe that this long story of God teaching the Apostle Peter in the early church something entirely new through the witness of the Roman centurion Cornelius is exactly the right story to connect with where you are right now as a church. And in view of those who will who are already watching and listening in this morning and who, or who will in the future. This is a message 
for the world and not just for those who are in this room this morning. I believe that the story of Peter and Cornelius teaches us this. When God is doing something new, it is not our place to hinder God. But that is the end of the story. Let's go back to the beginning. Acts 10. In Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of the Italian cohort, as it was called. He was a devout man who feared God with all his household. He gave alms generously to the people and prayed constantly to God. So this uh, soldier, Cornelius, uh, is in charge of about 100 men. He's Italian. He's in Caesarea, which is a seaport city in northern Palestine that has been built up by King Herod as a major Roman military headquarters. He is devout. He has somehow discovered the God of Israel, and he is a devout worshiper of this God to the extent that he's able. He gives alms to the poor to support the Jewish people that he is actually occupying as a soldier. And then God does something unexpected. One afternoon at about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he clearly saw an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. He stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? He answered, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa for a certain Simon who was called Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner whose house is by the seaside. When the angel who spoke to him had left, he called two of his slaves and a devout soldier from the ranks of those who served him. After telling them everything, he sent them to Joppa. So the first unexpected thing that has happened here is that an angel of Yahweh has showed up to speak to a Roman centurion. This just simply is not done. Angels of God do not speak to Roman centurions, but this time, this day, that is what's happening. Cornelius is receptive because he's already attracted to the God of Israel, but nothing like what is about to happen. So Cornelius is obedient to the angel. He sends the messengers down the road to Joppa. About noon the next day, verse 9, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray the Apostle Peter. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while it was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the heaven open and something like a large sheet coming down, being lowered to the ground by its four corners. In it were all kinds of four-footed creatures and reptiles and birds of the air. Then he heard a voice saying, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, first important line, for I have never eaten anything that is profane or unclean. But the voice said back to him again, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. What God has made clean, put a pin right there. What God has made clean, you must not call profane. Peter had to be shown this vision three times. And then the, the, the sheet with all of these animals that you're not allowed to eat if you're Jewish, that Leviticus 11 said you cannot eat, that thousands of years of tradition said you cannot touch, these are unclean. He has to be shown three times. So this is happening to Peter. Verse 17. Now while Peter was greatly puzzled about what to make of the vision that he had seen, suddenly the men sent by Cornelius appeared 
They were asking for Simon's house and were standing by the gate. These are Roman soldiers. Not normally welcome to knock on your door and say, what's up? It's just not, not what happens. They called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, look, three men are searching for you. Now get up, go down, and go with them without hesitation, for I have sent them. So Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you're looking for. What is the reason for your coming? Peter has been softened up by the vision that God sent him to be ready to respond to these normally unwelcome Roman visitors. They answered, Cornelius, the centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. Uh, Any earlier day, Peter would have said, no, thank you very much. But here, verse 23, Peter invited them in and gave them lodging. Peter is already breaking the rules. God is already talking to Peter. Peter is breaking the rules because he's inviting Gentiles into his home, letting them be overnight guests, giving them some food. The next day he got up and went with them, and some of the believers from Joppa accompanied him. The following day they came to Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. It's going to be a big summit meeting. Cornelius and his family and, and friends meeting Peter and, his, and the brothers from Joppa. On Peter's arrival, Cornelius met him and falling at his feet, worshipped him. But Peter made him get up, saying, Stand up, I am only immortal. Peter's going to be receptive to Cornelius, but he's not going to allow Cornelius to worship him like a pagan idol. So there's a boundary that is not going to be crossed, right? But as he talked with him, he went in and found that many had assembled. And he said to them, You yourselves know that it is unlawful for a Jew to associate with or to visit a Gentile. Here it is again. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone profane or unclean. Do you notice the difference? In verse 15, the voice says, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. But now, by verse 28, it's broadening. God has shown me that I should not call anyone profane or unclean. Anyone in the world. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. Now may I ask why you sent for me? So then Cornelius tells his story again about what happened. Verse 33, he says, So now all of us are here in the presence of God to listen to what the Lord has commanded you to say. So a Gentile audience has been invited to listen in, a large audience filled with Roman soldiers and others, in an enemy town, basically, to listen in to what Peter, the Jewish apostle of Jesus, has to say. And Peter has to decide what to do in that moment. Peter decides to learn something, to continue learning, and to communicate what he has learned. He says this, another key line. Verse 34, I truly understand that God shows no partiality. Do you hear that? But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Anyone. So then Peter goes into the gospel story, a very Jewish story, how, you know, the Jewish Messiah came from God, 
you know, born, uh, ministered in Judea and Galilee, um, went about doing good, anointed by the Holy Spirit, crucified. God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, commanded us to preach. Verse 43, all the prophets testify about him that everyone, everyone who believes in him, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Is that everyone minus some? Everyone who believes in him. Okay, so Peter has preached the gospel. He's wondering what the reception will be. He doesn't even have a chance to really finish because, verse 44, while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised Jewish believers, Christians, who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these Roman Gentile soldier type people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we Jewish circumcised people have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. On his own recognition of what God and God's Spirit was doing, he said, baptize these people. They did that. And then they invited him to stay for several days, which presumably he did. So there's a whole Holy Spirit party breaking out in Caesarea involving Jewish Christians who would never have associated with Gentiles before. All kinds of rules against it. Gentiles were uncircumcised. Gentiles were idolatrous. Gentiles were sinners. They ate wrong food. They worshiped the wrong gods. You can't, you can't even be in the same room with them. And now they are brothers and sisters hanging out, doing church together. Because God has shown Peter that this is what he is supposed to do. <laughs> so, this is where I was going to stop the story. Hear the good news. You can make a bigger community than you imagine. But then, I looked ahead to, to chapter 11 and I saw that the earnest folks from the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee show up in chapter 11. They're in Jerusalem now. Nashville here, Jerusalem in this story. When the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God, Peter went up to Jerusalem to describe what's going on to them. And they criticized him, saying, why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? And Peter tells the whole story again, and then with this kicker, a verse that should now be emblazoned on the, on the front steps or something here at this church. I remembered the word of the Lord, verse 16, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced, and they praised God, saying, I picture the astonishment in their voice, something like this, oh my goodness, God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. 
Imagine if this church had been invited to send representatives to Nashville and said, and your representative said, Nashville dudes, let us tell you what God is doing among us. And imagine if they said, oh my goodness, God has given even to LGBTQ people the repentance that leads to life. And then said, I guess you guys are cool, congratulations. But that's not what happened. Instead, it went like this. When the apostles and the believers in Nashville heard the pastors and people of Townview, and also St. Matthew's Baptist Church in Louisville, where I was a youth minister, this is all my fault, I blame myself. When, when they heard these church folks testify that God gave gay and lesbian and trans and queer Baptist Christians the same gift that he gave straight and cisgender Baptist Christians, and that they were now being welcomed to table fellowship and membership on precisely equal terms, and that these churches believe that God has taught them not to call anyone profane or unclean, they said, it cannot be that God is doing this among you. You are banished. So, what do we make of this? Here's how I will conclude today. Deep breath. This is the moment we're in. What do we make of it? I believe that Christianity around the world, and not just here, is splitting along Acts chapter 10 lines. It's very sad, but it's true. The split is between those who believe that God is telling us not to call anyone unclean and that our previous reading of the Bible and the law must be reformed in view of what God is doing among us now and that the evidence for the need to make this change is found through what God is telling us directly and what God is telling us through what we learn from those who used to be excluded. They're teaching us some things. And that when we do overcome this old interpretation, and when we do open ourselves to a broader community, we experience the joy of God's Spirit rushing in in new ways. And that this makes it even clearer to us that we have been listening to God, not ignoring God. So that when other believers tell us, no, you guys are just being unbiblical or ungodly or something, we're not happy about that, but we still are quietly confident that we are following where God is leading and we're not turning back. But then, so that's one part of the Christian community and it's growing. And I had a chance to get to know a lot of churches in a lot of places around the world where they're, they're on that side of the Acts 10 experience. But then there's the other part of the Christian community who, because of a historic interpretation of the Bible and the tradition, still feel the need to call gay and queer people profane, really, and unclean, who are unwilling to set aside their traditional interpretation, who do, not, who do not believe it is possible for God to tell anyone anything new here, who do not believe it is right to integrate LGBTQ people into church on the same terms as everyone else, who do not trust that our report of God's spirit and God's spirit activity could be right, and who are so convinced of the rightness of their view and the wrongness of ours that they believe that they cannot be in fellowship with us.
anymore. And so what I say is, welcome aboard to a new place, Townview. Hear the good news, and this is it. God is doing something special, and you've only just begun to taste how wonderful it can be. There is great and joyful Christian community on the other side of this transition. Soon, your name will fade from the headlines. There will be no more reporters from the New York Times and Channel 40, what, 46, and, you know, there'll be nobody who needs to talk to you about it anymore. And in fact, you will find that those initials LGBTQ won't regularly be tripping off your lips because you will have already made the transition and you'll just be able to get back to being church. Teaching the Bible, preaching, uh, baptizing, discipling children, helping people be successful in their marriages, sharing the good news with the world, serving the poor, uh, ministering to college students, or whatever it is that God gives you to do. What you'll find is, the only question here is, is whether everybody is included in the community who wants to follow Jesus, or whether that excludes some people. But once you've decided, well, I guess God is including everybody, you don't have to re-decide that anymore. And you'll just, as I've experienced at First Baptist Church of Decatur, down the road here, you just do church together and do life together and care for each other. And, and when it's possible, again, visit each other in the hospital and break bread together in each other's homes and take care of each other's elderly and take care of each other's children and love each other and love the world in the name of Jesus. That's all you'll do. But you won't have that millstone around your neck of having to say, you, unfortunately, are not welcome here like other people are. You won't have to do that anymore. So, there are how about five phrases from this passage that I hope you will um, never forget. God has shown me that I must not call anyone profane or unclean. I truly understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone, anyone, everyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people, all the people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And who was I that I could hinder God? You didn't anticipate, nobody anticipated 32 years ago that this is where your journey would take you today. I look forward to seeing what happens in the next 32 years. But one thing, as I see from the liveliness here, the visitors who are checking you out, the families of all descriptions, the people of all ages, you're doing some church here. Just keep doing church. You don't need the reporters. You just need to keep following Jesus. Keep following Jesus. And I think you will find that the attractiveness of your witness will continue to draw people to you online and in person, and you will continue to grow. You've been through a difficult transition. It always is difficult because this is an issue that is splitting churches and denominations. But you're on the other side. Thanks be to God.
and congratulations, and happy anniversary, Townview Baptist Church. Shall we pray? Lord God, we all see through a glass darkly, and we disagree often with one another. And it is painful when disagreement is unresolvable. All over Christianity today, disagreement over, quote unquote, this issue appears to be unresolvable. But thank you that on this day, in March in 2021, in Kennesaw, at Townview Baptist Church, there is a church who has decided not to call anyone profane or unclean, who has allowed you to teach them something new, and uh, who is experiencing your spirit doing healing and transformative and beautiful things. And so may this church just move forward in peace and unity, in growth and in mission, in joyful community. Um, because they have followed you where you lead. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.